Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from... Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar on YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. On behalf of myself and the rest of the From the Shadows podcast crew, I would like to thank our two new Patreon subscribers this week, Mark and Nate. We appreciate your support, and we thank you once again for being loyal listeners to the podcast. So without further delay, here is your host, Shane Grove. Hey everyone, it's Shane Grove, host of the From the Shadows podcast. We are putting together a Patreon page for From the Shadows podcast listeners. Uh, And what a Patreon page is, is uh, there's different levels of patronage that you guys can sign up for if you choose to. Uh, What it does is it helps us uh, with a little bit of uh, support from you guys. Keep doing what we're doing. Buy some new equipment. um, Make sure that we can keep everything running and sounding good or much better let's hope um but with that there's there's lots of uh unique gifts and rewards and merchandise that's available um by being a patreon uh including um a special episode each month by the judge um another special episode every month by the ozark holler and at least one listener uh, episode Um, where we take a story from one of our listeners and share it with everybody. Um, So we will have the information out about that on our Facebook pages, After the Shadows, and the uh, From the Shadows podcast page, as well as our Instagram account. Um, We'll we'll tell everybody how they can find that and become a Patreon of the show. And we support... We certainly appreciate all the support our listeners have given us. Hey, welcome everybody to the From the Shadows podcast. From deep within the secret studios, I'm joined here tonight 
by the judge. Good evening, all. That's that's all you got? Good evening. What is this, like a Vincent Price? Actually, it is. This is my Halloween voice. <laughs> your Halloween voice? Jeez. You better get ready for your Thanksgiving voice. I'm there already. <laughs> and also, in the room, as always, is Jason, super producer. What's up, Jason? Doing good. Greetings, everybody. Oh, I, I like this new equipment that you got, Jason. You know, it's like... Boom! Like it's like there's very. A of, there's a lot of gravitas. Yeah, it's like Barry White is sitting across the table. It really is. Plays way more sexy <laughs> than Barry White. Uh, so we're kind of excited tonight. We have a fellow podcaster um, that we kind of that I discovered from his appearance on Sasquatch Chronicles, and I think uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy uh, hearing some stories from him tonight. One, Mr. Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. How you doing tonight, Bo? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So why don't you, why don't you tell tell our listeners how you, um, you know, how you got into podcasting? Sure, that'll be easy enough. Um, I'm a teacher, so when COVID started, uh, when it when it hit my area, it was mid March, and I started working remote from home. Uh, I had a little bit of downtime and I I was already into podcasts. I love listening to them. And I had been waiting to be on the confessionals podcast with Tony Merkel. I had oh. all my hopes set, you know, I love that show. I had a big list of things I wanted to talk to Tony about. And, uh, I reached out, didn't get much of a response. Um, no offense to Tony by any stretch of the, you know, by any means. He's just really busy. And, you know, I know he's got like a six month waiting list. So I was sitting there, you know, wanting to get my stories out. I love talking about this stuff. And I just decided how about not, you know, why not just give it a shot myself? So I went ahead and got on the anchor app and created my own podcast. And, uh, I used an old name that I used for a ghost hunting group that I had created when I was back in the air force um, bump, which stands for the believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal. And I just put some feelers out there to some of my buddies initially to see if they'd be interested in, you know, talking about spooky stuff. And, you know, I had three or four episodes right off the bat and, uh, it just kind of went, went from there and started growing. Well, I was sold when I saw the description of the podcast where it says a place for believers of the unexplained monsters in the paranormals to share ideas and encounters about all that goes bump in the night, which is exactly <laughs> what, what we thought of when did he when, steal that from our description? I mean, but yeah, but, a but, portion but, of it. He did. Yeah. Oh, did I? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I just I want to point out, I want to point out that, um, you know, Tony, Tony has a six month waiting list. And I think I texted you yesterday, Bo, to see if you could come <laughs> But what I like about what Bo's doing is very similar to what we're doing in that giving people uh, a form by which they can tell their stories and that, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of people out there thirsting for this type of information and stories and stuff like that. And it's great that, that, uh, that Bo's out there giving that avenue for people to tell their stories and to listen to other people's stories. And how cool, how cool is it that you're a teacher? Like, I'd have loved to walk in the classroom <laughs> back in the day and had my teachers, you know, 
hey, can we talk about Bigfoot? Can we talk about UFOs? Can we talk about ghosts? Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> so how, yeah, yeah. How do your kid, your your kids, like? Do they know that you're doing this, and do they dig it? Uh, you know, some of them do. Some of them are uh, are on to me. You know, I don't really talk about it too much in in class because I don't want to be. You know, first of all, what subject matter are you teaching? Okay, I I teach a program in the state of West Virginia that uh, we we replaced the ROTC program. Oh. Um, so I still keep a military aspect. You know, all the instructors in, in what I do, we're veterans. So we have a military theme that kind of goes throughout the lesson, but uh, it's mainly life skills, um, some civics, you know, just how to be a decent human being type stuff and how to survive the real world. Um, we we uh, practical have like a, education, what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And the kids eat it up. You know, I don't, I don't know how things are out where you're got, you guys are at, but uh, here in Southern West Virginia, we have a, there's a, a lot of drug issues and there's a lot of kids without parents um, or they're living with the grandparents. So they're not getting that mentorship that uh, you naturally get coming up. So they, they really gravitate to this program. They love it. And uh, it, it just feels good every day, man. That's awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah, And I'm sure the judge can appreciate somebody doing that at the beginning for because, you know, you're yes, sitting at the end. Yes. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the one thing that we try to, in my court, is we find that, you know, I, I coined this phrase generational dysfunctionalism. And that is we're, we're getting 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who come from dysfunctional families, whose parents came from dysfunctional families, whose parents came from dysfunctional families, to have generations of it. So we're trying to combat that. So kudos to you that you're out there trying to make an impact on young people to make good decisions, life skills, and stuff like that. And now into the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you <laughs> talk some so, monsters, so if you're if you had the if you dredged up the the bump name from back in your uh, Air Force days, then you must have been in, interested in this stuff for a long time, not just not just because of COVID hit. So, so where did your interest come from, and 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 what what are some of your uh, experiences? Sure, man. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm from a weird family. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we've always. Wait a second. Been... Who here is not from a weird family? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how we got here. That's right. But yeah, I've always been into the unexplained. Um, I've always believed in aliens, always believed in ghosts. It was just a part of what was normal. You know, it's like, of course that stuff's real. Uh, you're, you're crazy if you don't believe in it, because how can you explain this stuff otherwise? So it's always been something I'm interested in. I love to think. I love to talk about stuff I don't know. Um, so it's just kind of kind of followed me around, you know? Yeah. So what? So what? What was the first? So when was the first time you experienced anything, or you got organized to start looking and trying to find something? Okay, um, uh, I've experienced things growing up, just uh, weird stuff, things kind of out of place. But I didn't start putting it together and wanting to learn about what's going on until about a month before I saw ghost hunters on TV, you know, it seems like every time I get an idea within just a few weeks, 
somebody has my idea and they're making millions of dollars off of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's always the way it works too. <laughs> the story of my life, man. So it was mid early to mid two thousands. I decided I was going to, you know, since I'm already in Louisiana and that's about as spooky of a place as you could find, I decided I was going to get some of my, you know, my buddies together and we're going to go out and just hit cemeteries and stuff and uh, old abandoned buildings and just see if we could scare ourselves real good. Um, not much of anything came out of that though. You know, I did a lot of looking around. Um, like there was, there was one instance I was in a, a graveyard and I'm, I'm calling to any spirits that might be out there, you know, the, the typical shtick. And I had my cousin with me. As a matter of fact, I had family visiting me down in Louisiana and, uh, she was about 13 years old and I had her and I thought, I'm just going to scare her to death, you know? And, when I'm out there and I'm calling on camera, I see a little light, like a little sparkle of light over top of one of these tombstones. And we go over there and lo and behold, it was a 13 year old girl, um, her grave. So it was little G whiz stuff like that, that just kept the spark going, kept the interest going. Um, and it kind of came to a head for me in 2010, um, on new year's. I had a pretty scary experience, but I, <laughs> Still can't explain. Um, when I went up to Michigan to see one of my buddies, um, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and tell you about that because I don't even know if I've shared this with anybody before on the show. <laughs> no, that's that's even better. That okay, you're, you're bringing you're you're trying out new material well, on this. Us. Is, this we is like. vintage stuff. <laughs> like he's going yeah, well, this is a maiden voyage for this story. Let's hear. It. Yes, it is, and it is. It's not anything that's going to like give you chill bumps or anything, but it is something that'll make you scratch your head, maybe. Um, New Year's 2010, I had just gotten out of the Air Force and I moved back home and one of my best friends lives in Michigan and he wanted me to come up and ring in New Year's with him. So, of course, I'd jump in my car and take off up there and he's telling me that he's he's living in like a, a rented home and he was telling me that, you know, he's hearing growling uh, coming from the the downstairs that he's got lights flicking on and off and stuff. And I was thinking he was just trying to get me up there. You know, he just wants to see, you know, he just wants to see me spend some time. That's fine. But just in case I took all my ghost hunting equipment, you know, the, uh, the, the, the thermometer, you know, it reads the air temperatures. Oh, I took yeah. a little, yeah. I took a little camera with night vision. I had a, uh, EMF detector, you know, so I go up there and he doesn't really believe in any of this stuff, but it was freaking him out. So I go up there and do my thing. You know, I'm, I'm checking EMF in every room and you get, get some activity off of one picture. It starts spiking. I take the picture off the wall. It's still spiking on the picture, but not on the wall anymore. Just weird stuff. And, uh, I decide we'll go downstairs and just check out what's the, what's down there. What's, what's making this growling noise and stuff like that. So we get in there and I do the dumbest thing I've done in a long time and uh, I was trying to get something to manifest I was young and stupid and you uh, didn't want to say that but that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I I offered to whatever's in there to use my energy if it needs to just to show itself well didn't see anything but uh, the air temperature around me got about 10 to 15 degrees colder than anywhere else in the room. 
And it was no matter where I went in the room, that ambient air temperature around me was way colder than anywhere else. I thought, okay, that's kind of odd. No big deal. Well, a couple hours later, I started getting real dizzy. I feel like the walls are closing in on me. It felt like a kind of like a panic attack. So I decided to go to bed, <laughs> you know, try to sleep it off and uh, woke up the next morning and my blood pressure was through the roof, like 160 over 110. And I went down to the, uh, I had him take me down to the clinic because my legs were shaky, the whole nine yards, man, I was feeling bad. And uh, being the healthcare system up there as, as it is that, they wouldn't see me unless I paid them money. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a poor vet, just got out of the service, you know. I, I didn't have no money. So we turned around and came back home. But uh, I started having panic attacks after that and uh, lots of anxiety. And that followed me around for probably five solid years. Now, I don't know if it was an oppression, if it was what, what exactly it was. But uh, it wasn't until I, I got into a more spiritual being of self that uh, I was able to shake that stuff off, man. Um, five solid years, it felt like I was cursed. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. Did so the you... moral of the story is yeah. <laughs> don't ever tell something that it can use your energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So so did anything, <clears throat> anything happen those five years that you could contribute to something following you around or it was just that feeling that you had, um, of, of being oppressed. Um, if I can say it was just shit luck, you know, I would like to say that, you know, yeah. <laughs> pretty much everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, it was bad. I juju. Get, yeah. I, I started getting depressed. You know, if something was in my hands, it would break. If it was uh, a job, it wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, it was just uh, a lot of like a dead end life, man. Um, constant, constant struggles. So now you're from Louisiana, is that correct? I know I'm from West Virginia, but I was stationed in Louisiana for oh, okay. six years down there. Well, while you were in Louisiana, I mean, that's just a hotbed of paranormal. Oh yeah. You're talking about. So you, so you didn't travel out into the edges of the swamp to Madam, um, Madam Hoodoo. Hoodoo to see, like, hey, do I got something attached to me? Can you, can you get, yeah, can you get rid of it or anything? I mean, did that ever cross your mind, maybe to go see somebody like that and see if they could help you out? Well, I had, I had just moved back to West Virginia. I had been home about a month when that happened. Uh, and uh, that's a thousand miles to Louisiana. So, <laughs> but I, I did have an experience in Louisiana with a psychic. I, I know you guys are poking fun, but, uh, I, in 2009, it was my last month or so down there. I visited a psychic because, uh, again, I went through a lot of hard times around this this time frame, and I, I had just lost my grandmother. And I wanted answers. You know, I wanted to see what was on the other side. I wanted to see, you know, just whatever I could find out. So I went to this lady down in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I don't know if she's still there. I don't know the name of the shop. But I went in there and um, sat down with her, and she asked for my first name and my palm. So I turned my hand up to her, and she proceeded to tell me everything about myself. She told me uh, that I was getting ready to move, 
which I was, I was, I was heading back home. She told me that, uh, things that were to come that I was going to meet my wife. She described my wife that I, that I'm still married to today. Perfectly. She, uh, she just, she answered a lot of things. And then she ended with my grandmother. She said, uh, she wants you to know that she can hear you and that she loves you too. Well, that's a lot more freakier. Than Holy moly. That is something. Energy story. I got to be honest. With you. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I had a yeah. similar experience in Louisiana myself. So we'll do tell. Yeah. Well, I, I told Grover a little bit about it. It was right <laughs> after my, uh, my father had passed away and, um, I got stopped in a place. I was driving truck at the time. I got stopped and I went in to get some food and uh, an older lady that was in there just came up to me and started talking to me as if she knew me. And she uh, answered some questions about my dad and she everything that I was was going through my head at the time. She without going into detail about it, she pretty much answered it. And um, there was no possible way she didn't know could have known who I was or anything about my family. I have no family in Louisiana whatsoever. It would have been interesting if you went back and looked at the security camera to see if she was even really there. Oh, she was there because the bartender <laughs> uh, lady was related to her when oh, okay. I was waiting so to get my order. I was waiting See, to so get it my order. It was a real corporal corporal lady. She was uh yeah. sitting there and um the bartender lady who had took my order and I'm waiting to get my stuff so I can get in the truck and get settled down and um she told she told that lady to leave leave him alone. She says that he's he's not here for that. He's just here to get his food and to leave. <laughs> yeah. So the moral of the story is don't go to Louisiana looking no, for answers. No, the moral of the story is people, there's some things out there and that people in Louisiana, they know, <laughs> and um, that we just don't have a clue about anymore. Maybe at one time we all had that type of ability, but uh, uh, it's a lost art to I, most I of you, us. I, I was campaigning for my brother. My brother was running for judge, and I was out campaigning for him. I was going door to door, and knocked on this door and this guy answers and he's wearing an LSU Tigers hat and he's standoffish. He doesn't want to talk to me. Doesn't want to hear anything about my brother, whatever. And so I said, that's okay. Can I leave you some literature? Yeah, but I'm going to throw it away. And I finally said, can I ask you a question? And he says, yeah. I said, are you from Louisiana? He says, yeah. I said, is the Rougarou real? And I'll tell you what, this dude's face changed immediately. He goes, sit down. He proceeds to tell me this story. Oh, my goodness. He tells me this story. And you could see he was reliving it in his face. He was scared yeah. when he told the story. Then when he was a kid, he was out in the swamps hunting. And sure enough, he, he runs into this thing that he believed was Rougarou. And, uh, you know, and the funny thing is I've heard other people tell similar stories. And he had a hunting rifle, and I said, why didn't you take a shot at it? He says, are you kidding me? All I had was like a twenty two. They should have seen this thing. I would have just made him mad. And so he just ran. And he was so scared he wouldn't go back into the swamps. So he said, "Yeah." And then I don't know if he voted for my brother or not. But <laughs> I tell you what, it was a it was a pretty chilling story because I tell you what, when he was telling it, he he you could see it in his eyes. He was reliving it. Right now, the Louisiana State Tourism Board's like, "Would you guys shut up?" Oh no, that's how they get. <laughs> well, needless to say, we believe you. I so mean, when we've you had some stationed, experiences. When you were yes. stationed, what part of Louisiana were you in? Are you asking me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It got a, it got a little quiet. I, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I was in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, Bossier City, mm-hmm. uh, north, like northwestern Louisiana. How was the voodoo down there? Uh, there's a huge presence of this down there. I mean, there's. Yeah, you know, yeah, up where is. I was, at, up where I was at, it was almost Texas. You know, so it wasn't as thick. But um, before I left, I took a trip to New Orleans, of course, and that that's a that's a real that's a real feeling that's a real place you know um voodoo yeah it's it's real it's real that's gonna be one of the stops on the bus tour from the shadows podcast (laughs) (laughs) you gotta do everybody's gotta go to new orleans at least once yep (laughs) so so you end up back in back in west virginia then and what um I think you had, I mean, I think you had some experiences in West Virginia, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've had, uh, just like I was, like I said before, not, not anything that would stop your heart, but I've, I've had a few things go on. Um, what got me on Sasquatch Chronicles is, uh, one of the, the bigger things that's went on here since I've been back home. And that was, I guess what you would classify as a type B, um, Sasquatch encounter. Um, when we talk about it, yes, please. Okay. That's why we're paying you all the money to be on the show. <laughs> oh, right, right. I forgot my, pay, my payroll. Uh, yeah. So I, I go squirrel hunting all the time, and it was September twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen, um, on a Saturday. I decided to go out and try my luck at a wildlife management area in Logan County. Um, there's only one. So anybody that's familiar with the area would know where I'm talking about. It's connected to chief Logan state park, uh, where I worked at, at the time, actually. Um, I go in there and it starts raining just, uh, a little light rain, just enough to get you soaking wet. Uh, so I sat it out, you know, I stayed, I stayed out there in the woods and while it's raining, I heard what sounded like a woman, um, giggling or, talking kind of like a you know the chatter that they always talk about sounded real feminine um had a little bit of an asian accent to it um just kind of giggly up on the hill behind me in a wildlife management area in the rain in southern west virginia none of that added up you know but i just went you know (laughs) yeah in, in hunting season so you're not out there unless you're ready to shoot something but I sat there, I heard it, thought it was kind of weird. I already was a fan of you know, everything Bigfoot related, so my ears are, you know, perked. But I sit there, and as the rain tapers off, a squirrel pops out, just like I thought it would, and I, I shoot it. And I give it about 15 minutes, because if you're squirrel hunting, um, if you shoot one, it usually pisses off another one, and they jump out and start barking at you too, you know, because they're not that bright, and you shoot, you know, You'll get two or three that way. <laughs> I just sat, I sat there and waited, you know. And uh, after about 15 minutes, nothing else was going on. So I get up, walk over there, retrieve my squirrel, and come back to my hunting spot and sat down. And that's when I heard what sounded like uh, like an oomph sound. Kind of like I described before. is like if you fall on your butt and it kind of knocks the wind out of you. Mm-hmm. How you make that oomph. Or if you throw something as hard as you can, and you, you kind of grunt with it. It was a sound kind of like that. And 
I was already on alert because I heard that, you know, that chatty lady behind me. So as soon as I heard that noise, I turned to look behind me and it's a very, very steep hill. Um, not quite vertical, but you know, if you, you, you couldn't hardly climb straight up. It, it was that steep. And as I turned to look up there, I heard a thud of something that sounded like it hit the ground, like a, a heavy thump. But what I saw was a tree branch about four or five feet long and about as big around as my wrist helicoptering off of a tree down in my direction. Um, it missed me. It fell off to the right, but I immediately jumped up, you know, scanned the area, had the, had my wits about me enough to pull my cell phone out. I recorded up through there, tried to see if I could catch anything on film. Never did. Um, I stuck around for about another 20 minutes before I went ahead and just packed up for the day. Um, it was exciting enough for me, but that was, that was pretty much my experience with it. Um, I can't swear that it was a Bigfoot, you know, I never saw anything, but the, uh, it, it falls in line with all the, the typical stories, you know, the typical encounters and, uh, I, I still don't know if it was Bigfoot or if it was some kind of spirit in the woods that didn't want me up there. I don't know, but that tree branch did not fall off that tree. Um, By the it was way, coming. That it was helicoptering at you. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, it was. I think it was the girl that you heard laughing through the. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I think it, I well, think it's whatever I thought was a girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, so did that? <clears throat> did that raise your attention then? after you shot the first squirrel in what you expected to happen did not happen by other squirrels popping out, you know, was that, do you think that that was maybe the squirrels were like, Hey, wait a sec, the guy at the gun, he's not as big a deal as what's, you know, up, up the uh, embankment. You know, I never thought about that. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, you got to believe that the Sasquatch would probably eat squirrels. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is like typically a lot of eyewitnesses report that this the forest or the woods goes quiet. Animals are nowhere to be seen. And, you know, he's out there. You know, I'm not a squirrel hunter, but, I mean, I've been around squirrels. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. I've seen people shoot them. And then, like he said, then a little bit later, another squirrel, because they're dumb. And so they don't act normal. Is that a byproduct of something else being there and that they're more scared of than you shooting them? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had never. Squir- squirrels, like any other prey, is aware when, is, is self aware mm-hmm. when a predator is around. Now, they don't see us as predators because we don't normally smell like their meat. You know what I mean? Like, they, the, the, all animals that are prey, that they get eaten. They can smell when a predator's around because they can smell their own deceased relatives or other like, you know, other squirrels that have been eaten. And so you think if there's an apex predator that's that's walking around, they know there's an apex predator. They sense they smell it, they go into hiding. That's obviously one mm-hmm. one theory. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Now, so is that the encounter then that you recently were on the reboot of 
finding Bigfoot then? Yes, it is. Now, yes, it is. Now, are you able to talk about that experience of going back out and, and filming that a little bit, or, or are you, you know, sworn to well, secrecy? Sworn? I, I signed something. I didn't really read it. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a judge here, and, you know, what do you, what's your rule, judge? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you sign it in blood? That's the first question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, what, what, I, what I'll openly tell you, because I, I didn't hide it on my own social media, you know, that uh, a couple weeks ago I was on site to, you know, just give my interview story, my encounter story to finding Bigfoot. They're supposed to have the show out by the end of this year. Uh, I guess it's a season opener. Um, there are, my story is just like a little, you know, footnote on, on what's going on here. Um, it's all about West Virginia. It's going to be some, some must see TV. And in fact, tomorrow I interview somebody that I met up there and, uh, they're probably going to be the stars of the show. Um, they, they got some real activity and I think it took the crew of finding Bigfoot by surprise. Ooh, really nice. So, yeah. so I, we won't ask you about that cause we don't want to ruin your episode, but, <laughs> but because we want our listeners to go check out that episode, obviously, and, and, and right. hear these people's, uh, story, but w- you know, so where you're from in West Virginia, like what, what is the. Nor you know what's going on there when it comes to Bigfoot. Like, what's the history? What's the the legend? You know, what's the stories that have been passed down? You know, what who people do you know that have had encounters? Yeah, well, you know, people in West Virginia are kind of weird. Um, I can say that because I am one, but they don't like to talk too much about you know this kind of stuff. They they will if they know you. They will if they feel comfortable, but they don't want to be made fun of. So uh, they, they're kind of hush-hush about it. But Bigfoot stories have went around, as far as I know, back to my grand my grandparents' generation and probably further back. Um, a lot of times they called it the boogeyman. You know, um, you can't go out at night because the boogeyman will get you and he's got big red eyes, you know. Um, but people that I've spoken with, you know, they, they had the same kind of encounter stories that you would hear anywhere nationwide, you know, uh, just the typical, the typical stuff. Um, he seems to be pretty big, you know, like eight, nine feet tall around here. They, uh, sorry about that. I got distracted. Um, they, uh, they got the same classic howls, the hoops, um, same kind of throwing rocks, that kind of stuff. But um, just run of the mill, <laughs> big Bigfoot, I guess. Would you say now West Virginia, and because West Virginia is a more rural state, although Ohio is pretty rural, would you say that the uh, you know, I would say that in Ohio, if you stopped a hundred people and asked them if they believed if Sasquatch was real, you get fifty fifty. Fifty people would say yeah, I think it's real. Fifty people say nah, I don't think it's real. What would you think the average person in West Virginia would say? Uh, well, you you might get similar numbers. Um, I think you wouldn't get the truth all the time. Maybe, <laughs> okay. like, like I think uh, I think more people believe than are willing to admit that they believe. If that makes any sense, 
they, uh, you know, there's a long list of jokes about West Virginia. And the last thing that anybody here wants is to be the butt of another joke. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I can tell you this. The last two summers, I've driven to South Carolina. My oldest daughter lives down there. And every time we go through there, I look at, over at Christy and I'm like, now you tell me there isn't a Bigfoot somewhere up there. I mean, because you just as far as you can see, it's mountains and thick woods and you don't see how, I mean, now there's, I'm certain there's houses there that you just can't see, but it just looks like the most uninhabitable land that it would just be perfect for, for a creature like that to hang out and not be detected or bothered. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If if you step off the side of the road, pretty much anywhere in West Virginia, you're in the woods. Um, there's, there's not much in between, you know, you can cross the guardrail and get lost. Um, and the size of our state it looks small on a map but we have so much terrain that goes vertical you know what i mean mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah if you would take the if you could take the land and stretch it out we'd be half the size of texas probably i mean yep. uh, we're completely inside the appalachian mountains so all of that is habitat or potential habitat for whatever so yeah there's there's tons of places to hide and we have a population of like way less than 2 million people in the whole state, you know? So yeah, there's, there's plenty of room for some, some weirdness out here. Oh yeah. I agree with you. I mean, it's great hunting over there. And so I'm pretty sure there's uh probably, uh, you know, Bigfoot <laughs> or uh, anything that could be out there. Yeah. Do you have any, yeah. any stories of people going missing and just never coming back? You know, I haven't heard um, anything like that. I, I wish that, you know, David Pilates would, check it out because i'm you know i'm sure that there are some stories like that but uh it seems like around here we have a decent tourism you know population coming through but if you're local here you know if you get lost you just go downhill until you hit the river or the railroad tracks and then you just keep walking until you find somebody's house (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i don't even need a map of west virginia now Just go downstream and you'll find somebody. Just just keep going downstream. Bert Reynolds did that. Though, the, Bert, yeah, after he squealed <laughs> like a pig. So uh, um, now, do you got do you go out and do any um, bigfooting or squatching, but on your no, own or with anybody else there? I don't currently, but I've had several people since I started this. Um, old friends came out of the woodwork not knowing that I was into it, I guess, or, uh, feel they felt more comfortable to talk about it. So I got a couple guys that are, uh, that are itching to take me to some places that they have had activity or encounters. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to break down and go with them sometime. What's the bear population like there? Cause I well, gotta be honest with you, this whole squatch and stuff in Ohio doesn't worry me, <laughs> <laughs> but West Virginia, I think it would worry me. Well, um, the bear population has really boomed over the last 30 years or so. Um, in the 80s, you wouldn't see a bear. There might have been like 200 in the state that they knew of. But now we have a few thousand black bears. Um, southern West Virginia down here where I'm at, yeah, it's, it's getting to be pretty common for there to be black bears around, you know, messing with your garbage or uh, going after your, your deer feeders and stuff like that. But black bears 
are really not aggressive animals. Um, unless you get, you know, like everybody knows, don't get between a mama and her cubs or, you know, it'll get ugly. But other than that, if you see a black bear, you're, you're already doing something because they usually will smell you before you ever see them and you'll never know they were there. Well, they say a grizzly bear has a nose 250 times stronger than a bloodhound or something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No grizzlies here. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> God. Now, now these, these, these so-called buddies of yours that want to take you out squatching. What, what, what it's so-called. Well, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> Hey, look, there's a, there's a hungry lion over here. I want, you know, come on over. Let's, let's, let's hang out with, um, so now there's what, no lions. <laughs> what, uh, so, so what are their experience? I mean, what, what, what has it that they've experienced that piqued your interest enough that you're willing to go out and check out, uh, what they, the places they've been? Well, one of them, um, his name is Tommy. Um, he was on episode 20 that I did on my show. He has this area that he's been going to for 20 years that consistently has, you know, the, the classic Bigfoot signs of the, uh, the, the, the trees being ripped up by the roots and flipped upside down or the X structures. And every time he goes up there, there's new trees that have fallen across his path. Um, even if he goes day after day, there's, there'll be new trees to block his way up there. And, uh, he found, you know, a ripped up tent and stuff like that up there before, Man, you know, if you listen to it one one piece at a time, I'm just thinking, okay, he's got an active imagination. But then this summer, he went up there again and uh, was on the trail and actually caught something looking at him through uh, a little a little cave that was up there. Uh, He actually got to see some eyes shine and it kind of kind of shifted to one side of the cave opening and watched him. So it. That got me more interested in it. Jeez. Oh yeah, that would have got me too. <laughs> yeah, jeez, uh, yeah. What? Uh, wow. So he didn't? Did he just quietly walk away, or did he try to walk towards the cave and uh, get a better look? Oh yeah, he got out of there. Uh, he had <laughs> finally he had a little sense. <laughs> yeah, I think he had a nephew with him or something. I think it was his nephew that uh, he didn't want that boy to be around. Whatever it was. Nah. And, or he used that as his excuse to, you know, to kick rocks because he got scared, to, you know, because <laughs> he didn't want to admit. Yeah, I ran. Well, like you know, the phenomena, the, the phenomena that, that I keep harking back to is I don't really want to go out in in the woods at night, squatching around and stuff like that. Because assuming that assuming a Bigfoot's real, we're starting with that premise. They're obviously some type of primate, large primate. Um, all the stories, you know, you had a limb thrown at you, which suggests that they can be aggressive. If I knew that there was chimpanzees in a woods at night, you could not get me to go in there because chimpanzees are a fraction of the size of what Sasquatch is reported to be, and they rip your face off. They would just yeah. absolutely mutilate you. You've seen them on Monsters in America where they have the chimp thing where they they bite your fingers off. They they disembowel you. They rip your. I mean, and that's a chimpanzee. What would a Sasquatch do to you if you're out at night trespassing in? And we go back to the whole mama bear thing. Is obviously Sasquatches breed. They would have 
you know, they maternal would instincts. They would have maternal instincts. So you're tromping around the woods trying to be cute for a show, and you stumble upon a real lair of a Sasquatch that has, you know, has a youngin. You run the risk of getting just getting torn to pieces. I would think. And, so I think what the judge is trying to say is, when you go back out there, don't don't call him. He's not coming. Oh, I'm not going. But what I'm saying is, I, I think I think that sometimes people take this cavalier approach to going out in 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 the woods and looking for Bigfoot, and I think you 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 better take you know take a take a weapon with you, and I'm not even sure that's going to help you because. If at nighttime, if if a silverback gorilla or a chimpanzee tried to attack you in the dark, what's the odds you're really clipping that thing? As right. fast as what mm-hmm. they are, I mean, you you'd stand no chance. I I just think that it's a fool's errand to go out there because you, if you're lucky enough to hear something, okay, that's great. But if you you have a confrontation, you're not winning that confrontation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're like- meat eaters. I mean, that's the, I mean, they eat meat. That's what they do. Why wouldn't they eat a human being? Right. It's like what uh, Wes Germer always says, be careful what you wish for, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. You might go out there and find it. <laughs> now, the uh, to get off the Bigfoot topic, the, the other stories that I've heard you tell that I think uh, our listeners would dig are some of your uh, UFO stories. Um. You, would you mind sharing some of those with uh, with us? I don't mind at all. <laughs> yeah. Wow, he sounded awful uh, anxious to tell us. Let's hear. I, I, I got a soft spot for UFOs, man. You know, I can't, I can't so do I. So do I. <laughs> That's something that I've actually seen. You know. Um. All right. It was November the ninth, I believe, two thousand and nine. It was the day I was getting out of the Air Force to come home. Um, Spent my whole enlistment never seeing anything. But uh, on my way home, my dad was with me. And we we talked about this encounter together on one of the old episodes, too. But um, we're leaving from Shreveport, Louisiana, heading to West Virginia. And we're pulling my car behind us. We're in my dad's car. He's got a back then he had a, a Hummer. And it's got those square windows, you know, you can see, see through real good. Mm-hmm. And we're in a town, a city called Arkadelphia, which sounds made up, but I swear it's not. <laughs> it's, in, um, it's right on the Arkansas, Louisiana border. And I know this because we had just passed the water tower and I was making fun of the name of the place. But uh, we were driving through there and out of the passenger window, out of my window to my right, I see this white light. And down there, everything is flat. You can see for miles. So I don't know how far away this white light was, but I can see it straight out the window. And it's moving at a really good pace. Um, We're going straight down. I think it's I-20. So we're heading down the road. This white light's beside us, and it's going past us. And it's going fast enough to where we can start seeing it out of the, the front windshield. So once it gets ahead of us, I can see it, and now my dad can see it, too, while he's driving. And I ask him if he sees that. He's like, yeah, I see that. And it gets directly in front of us, probably, I would say, a mile, mile and a half down the road. You know, it's it's just a little white light. 
and then it flashes out this funky color of green that I've never seen before, haven't seen since. Just this odd green light just flashes out, fills the whole windshield, and then sucks back into itself and is gone. Whoa. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> it It's like it imploded. It's like it hit warp speed or it went plaid or whatever you want to call it. It just, the light flashed out, sucked in, and gone. So did you guys feel any different after that experience? We felt cool. <laughs> you know, we, felt, <laughs> yeah. we felt like the guys on the road, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. And, that and was you're, validation. you're in the Air Force, so it's nothing that you had seen or been witness to the whole time you were enlisted. Like, it's not like, ah, oh, you know, that's a jet or that's something right. that we've seen. And see, as a thing, I, I worked on jets in the Air Force. I was, you know, I, I was a sheet metal guy. So I knew what jets we had around. I had a secret clearance. Um, I'm very familiar with, you know, what afterburners look like off of a jet. Um, plus we were in, Louisiana, that's bomber territory. We don't have warp speed jets in Louisiana. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know what I saw was not anything that I was able to work on. And I was able to work on pretty much any aircraft that we owned. So whatever this was, man, um, by definition was a UFO. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. So and so, geez. So what do you? I mean, if you had to guess, like what, like how fast was the thing going to go past you guys, get out in front of you, and stop and just disappear? You know, at regular speed, I would imagine it wasn't. It wasn't going any faster than a, a regular jet would probably go initially. You know, because if you're mm-hmm. You know, if you're in the if you're going down the road and you see a plane go overhead, it it's going faster than you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. get taken off. It, it's it's leaving you. So it wasn't anything unusual at that point. It was just low, a um, little lower than what you would expect, or way further out than what you know, what I could see around West Virginia. Um, for it to be able to be seen through the passenger window. Uh, on flat terrain, it either had to be really far away or pretty low to the ground. Yeah. So, so, but as far as speed goes, there is no way to calculate what happened once it took off. I have no clue. But um, up until that point, it wasn't anything too far out of the ordinary, except it was just a solid white light. And see that, that asking you that question because you were around that type of equipment and probably would have a good gauge, you know, of something way out of the norm, you know, that's because yeah. I mean, if you ask the normal person, they wouldn't have any real, uh, real idea of, well, those are going really fast, you know, but at least <laughs> you have something you could kind of measure it against in your experience. Oh, sure. absolutely. Being in the air force and all, make sure you see planes and, you get that kind of experience where you can uh, be able to judge their speed. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd, yeah. You, so what'd your dad think of it? Oh, he, he flipped out at the same time I did. You know, we had the same, 
expletive reaction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was in unison. Um, and it, it's kind of just burned in his memory too. You know, it's one of the coolest things we've ever seen and we got to see it together. So it was, it was fun. Yeah, that would be a great sighting right there. That's a lot better than the stuff I get to do with my dad. I, get <laughs> I think you just count the beatings. and. Oh, <laughs> well, you can only say that because he's no longer with us. True. <laughs> but it is kind of one of those like Robert the Doll things. Ooh, my. Robert the Doll. <laughs> Robert the Doll. The, right. That we got to ask, we gotta ask Diamond Dave, Dave Grove. Grove. If we can talk about him. we can him. talk about him. <laughs> he's almost been gone 30 years. I think we're okay. Oh, wow. I don't Has know. it been 30 years? It's close. It's getting close. Are you serious? Seems like yesterday, but it's been almost there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so Bo, so if, you know, because we want to we want to have our listeners go check out your your podcast. If you could only pick one episode for our listeners to go listen to, if that was the only episode they got to listen to, what, what one would you pick for them and why oh my gosh okay i'm putting you on the spot i'm, I'm not gonna make yeah. any excuses you know that's that's not fair guys because i i got nobody's listening it's okay <laughs> <laughs> give I us have, your top uh, three then oh jeez. hey that's much better okay because okay. I'm, I'm trying to cover that's like all... saying which one of your children do you love i most? can tell you right now you want hey, me you could. okay you could. <laughs> <laughs> all right top three I can do that. Okay. Um, the The biggest episode I have by far, uh, as far as listeners go, was episode five. It's called Terror in the Ozarks, and it was the one I uh, I hinted to, to Wes when he asked me this question. Because um, at that time, I didn't have half the episodes I have now. Um, Terror in the Ozarks is about a guy that I've become friends with since this interview. His name's Dennis. He went on a hike with uh, a few friends training to go on a longer hike um, in like Alaska or something like that. So they hiked in seven or eight miles into the Ozark Mountains and uh, they camp out there, him and his hammock and the others. They split off into a couple of tents and a Bigfoot comes into camp and it is absolutely terrifying. But this guy is very smart. And he has some theories that just stuck with me that I think, you know, are worth listening to. Um, I will concur. I did go listen to that episode because of your appearance and because of our uh, other member, the Ozark Howler, who's not with us tonight. Because that's where he's, you know, because I'm trying to encourage him to go out and broaden his horizons. <clears throat> after hearing that story. Uh, don't yeah. say anything to spoil it, Shane. Oh, I have to go listen saying, to that. This is one of that is and, and Bo is totally right. That is one of the craziest experiences Bigfoot Sasquatch wise I've ever heard. And the fact that that man is able to tell the story is even even more impressive. Because uh, yeah. well, well I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> I can't don't don't say anything. Okay. I gotta check it out. <laughs> Number two. All right. Number two would be episode 16. It's called The Berkshire Encounters. And if you guys are familiar with Netflix and their uh, reboot of Unsolved Mysteries, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these are a couple of guests from uh, the UFO abduction episode. Oh. Um, 
Yes. I had Tom Warner on an older episode, and once I got him on there, it you know, it kind of led to a couple more people wanting to come forward and talk about what happened to them. And there's a lady on there. Her name is Melanie Kirchdorfer. And she tells her, um, her story of what happened during that time and after. And my heart absolutely broke for this lady. Um, she has had a, a life of terrible experiences with aliens and, uh, I think it was really brave of her to come onto the show and talk about it. She had never been on anything other than that one episode of Net- on Netflix. She had never really shared her story before, and she was really apprehensive. But um, she came on and, and talked about it, and uh, I, th- I think everybody needs to hear that. All right. Number okay, three. yeah, that sounds good, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So we had, that's a Bigfoot and a UFO, and the third one I will pick one of my more recent episodes and it hasn't really fared that well as far as listeners go, but it's kind of new. It's episode 26. Um, I think the reason why I had it done as well as some of my others is because it's not a Bigfoot story. And about 90% of my listeners came to me from Sasquatch Chronicles, you know? Yeah. We know. Uh, yeah. We, we yeah. Know. yeah. We understand <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. We they're under- diehard Bigfoot people. Yeah. Yes. We understand. Yeah. We understand yeah. Yes. And we appreciate all the diehard Bigfoot people. We just hope that they are patient with our show and yours as well. Absolutely. As we broaden their horizons. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I'm like, I yeah. freak out every week if it's not a Bigfoot episode now. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make them happy. But, you know, they have Wes for that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be their rock steady, and I'll I'll be here for their fringe stuff, you know. And, yeah, exactly. But it's episode twenty six. It's called "Demon in the Bedroom," and as far as scary goes, uh, this is the episode that gave me chills consistently. It's giving me chills again now. Um, it's super scary. Um, if you believe in any of this stuff, um, if you believe in demons. If you believe in uh, that spiritual side of anything, yes, mm-hmm. then this episode, man, it, it is, uh, it's a tough one. You know, it 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 gets a lot harder when your when your guests start to cry on the show, and uh, it was one of those episodes, you know, where he he kind of broke down for a minute. Yeah. So. Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing. So those are, okay. Those, I mean, and I've yeah. I, having mm-hmm. listened to the one. Um, I, I, I strongly urge all our listeners go check out the bump podcast and check out those episodes, check out all the episodes. Um, cause what I think we, I like about listening to your show is your laid back style of, you know, kind of talking, uh, to the guest and, uh, cause we all do this differently. You know, we all do this yeah. you know, West does his one way. Tony does his one way. You know, we do ours, you do, I mean, and that's the best thing about it. We don't want to all be the same. You know, we don't, right. like you said, we don't want to all talk about Bigfoot all the time. I mean, there are other, there's a lot of other things that go bump in the night for sure. Yeah. Bigfoot's <laughs> just one of them. <laughs> Bigfoot's just one of them. But uh, no, that's, uh, and I mean, Jason's like itching to go listen to these episodes, right? I can yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> yes. But, uh, hey, 
tell all of our listeners how they can, you know, where they can find your stuff. If you got a, you know, you got a website, anything else that you want to have them go check out and, uh, you know, give, give them the lowdown. All right. Thank you very much. I would love to, I'd love to go ahead and get this all out there. Uh, my website, thebumppodcast.com. Um, Teespring and Redbubble. I have merchandise available on both of those. I'm trying to see which ones are going to take off, which ones aren't. But uh, you can just look up the Bump Podcast on on either of those. If you're having a hard time finding it, you can find my social media, which will lead you to that. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Instagram. All of it is the Bump Podcast. Um, am I leaving anything out? I don't think so. Oh, Instagram and I'm, or yeah, Instagram. Said, said, it's yeah. yeah, it's all on there. And my my actual podcast, you can go catch it on any any platform available that you listen to podcasts on. It should be there. Okay, great, great. Yeah. Well, Bo, I, I mean, we were glad that you joined us tonight. I mean, this was, uh, you know, I think a nice little episode talking about your experiences and the big thing is, is we want to get people to go check you out and listen to uh, not just those three episodes you talked about, but all of them. Yeah. Listen to your old catalog. Yeah. You've been a killer guest, man. Yeah, no it's kidding. been great. No kidding. Hey, I, appreciate it. I felt like I was in good company here. So. <laughs> and if you listen, the judge might not want to go Bigfoot with you. No, nope. I will. But Jason will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jason will. I tell you what, Jason, I'm going to go get a chimpanzee and put it out in Sears oh, Woods. No, we're not going to mess with no chimps. I know how it. dangerous those things can be. You don't think Sasquatch is? Well, he's you a, see. He's 100 we, times bigger. But, but you see, we'll be a professional when we go to deal with uh, Sasquatch. We're not going to try to corner him we're not, or anything like that. I mean, we just want to prove his existence. We want to learn from this crypt. I'm sure he will take that in consideration. I, I hope he will. <laughs> <laughs> say hey, say uh, we're from the we're from the Bump Podcast and the From the Shadows Podcast. That will Listen probably up. save your life. It's like Wonder Twins. Like yeah. That? Okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do. Okay. Hey, before bro, this, before yeah. this takes an even further left turn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, both. Thanks for joining us tonight. And yes, everybody, go check out the Bump Podcast and let us know what you think. Let Bo know what you think. And uh, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Yep, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.